I'm John Robson, and this is the Climate Discussion Nexus Readout, Episode 10. Every Wednesday at CDN, we put out an email called the Wednesday Wake Up, which discusses the big climate news of the past week, significant opinion pieces, and developments in science. And then, in these readout videos, I take a few topics from the newsletter and offer some quick extra commentary. If you want more in-depth information, please go to our website, that's climatediscussionnexus.com, and subscribe to the Wednesday Wake Up, and also have a look at our videos. Our YouTube channel is ClimateDN, and we've got lots of stuff there too. Now, speaking of videos, as you can see, we're once again unable to film this week because I'm isolated at home due to the climate emergency. Uh, no, wait, sorry, wrong crisis. I mean, the COVID-19 pandemic. The actual emergency that just showed everyone what the world would look like if we did all the things that the climate alarmists have been begging us to do. Well, it shows us up to a point. One crucial difference is that we all know that the pandemic shutdown is temporary. With any luck, we'll be getting back to business as usual in a few weeks, maybe a month. The climate emergency shutdown that many activists want would be just as severe in the short term, but it would never end. And some of us have been trying for quite some time to get all the politicians who've been running around declaring a climate emergency and promising to get emissions to net zero by 2050 or 2035 or later next month, to think about the real consequences of this draconian vision. Unfortunately, they've now had a taste of what a battered economy looks like in practice. And the prospect seems to have jolted many political leaders back to reality. As this week's newsletter notes, many world leaders are quietly dropping climate policy plans and the climate cliches as they grapple with the staggering cost of the quarantine shutdown and these massive bailouts and economic relief packages that are intended just to get us through to the summer and may prove very difficult to afford over time. Now, here's something else weird. Those of us who've been trying to focus attention on the cost of getting rid of fossil fuels were told over and over again that we even had the economics wrong. We were told these climate change measures forcing a so-called energy transition to net zero were actually a great economic opportunity. Well, seems you can toss that one into the trash can with a lot of other empty slogans. Just about nobody's saying, ah, now's the time to shut off the oil and pour tens of billions in subsidy money into solar and wind and peat. Probably they wouldn't even want peat. I guess it burns and gives off CO2. Speaking of reality checks, here's a cheerier one. This week's newsletter also gives you another go at our 1919 or 2019 quiz. That's the one where we graph daily temperatures from last year and from a century ago in some particular place where they've been keeping reliable temperature records for a long time, and then we ask you to guess which one is which. As always, it should be easy, given all this warming and scary increase in extreme weather that we've been assured that we've been having. And since at the moment, obviously, we're not all traveling, we decided we'd pick a famous Canadian tourist destination for this mental excursion, at least. So, yes, it's Banff, Alberta. And we invite you to make your choice. Which line is 2019 and which is 1919? Good luck with it. And once you've guessed, go to climatediscussionnexus.com and you'll find the answer on our blog page. This week's newsletter also features some mental time travel, including new thinking about the events that mark the Paleocene-Eocene Thermal Maximum, or PETM, that took place about 56 million years ago. 
Well, what's that got to do with modern climate change, you ask? Lots or not much. It rather depends who you ask. A lot of people have been saying for years and are still saying about these new developments, or at least new discoveries, old developments, that the PETM sheds light on the present. But it was a natural event. It saw far more warming than anyone's predicting today. It took thousands of years, not decades. It involved cataclysmic geological events. It was driven by enormous quantities of lava, not trace quantities of CO2. And it didn't lead to mass vertebrate extinctions. Other than that, though, pretty much identical. The newsletter also talked about coral reefs, speaking of extinctions. They're supposedly on the brink of going the way the polar bears didn't, despite having persisted for hundreds of millions of years through long warm periods, times of rapid climate change, and oceanic acidification. Which underlines a strange feature of climate alarmism. It praises the extraordinary dynamism of nature, the wonderful resilience of evolution, the complex and harmonious feedbacks, including the natural carbon cycle, and then it depicts living things and the entire ecosystem as being as brittle as spun glass. But the natural world isn't a champagne flute or a Ming vase. It's incredibly robust, adaptive. In fact, it seems to thrive on challenge and change. One more thing from the newsletter. It seems those fragile, delicate little ice caps on Greenland and Antarctica, whose demise is also regularly foretold, uh, they're not fragile or delicate either. Nor are they small. They're actually incredibly huge. And once you graph the current melting on the proper scale, you see that they're not going anywhere. As always, there's lots more in the newsletter. I hope you'll enjoy it, pass it on to some friends, and make sure you sign up for a subscription if you haven't already. If you are a subscriber, and if you're one of the hundreds of thousands of people enjoying our videos, thanks for being part of the Climate Discussion Nexus. We've heard from people all over the world about how much our content's appreciated, and we are going to continue pushing back against the irrational excesses of alarmism and helping stimulate the kinds of discussions that need to take place out there by video conference, if it necessary. For those of you who share our belief that this work is necessary, now's a good time to visit the donate page and sign up with a monthly pledge. I know we're all worried about the state of the economy, but to help us push back against bad policy at a time when we can least afford it, won't you give us the price of a cup of coffee every month? $2, $5, $10? So it depends how fancy your coffee is. Whatever you can afford will make a huge difference at our end. For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson.